Hi, I'm Scott. I'm Seth. Less up. And I'm James. And this is Track Walking. Uh, it's the first time in a while I've had to redo an intro, but here we are. Um, <laughs> Good start. I, I'd, well done. Love, I'd love to say that's because we have more than one guest on, but uh, nope. Just totally forgot <laughs> to push a button. So was a hundred percent Scott there. Nailed it. Um, <laughs> nailed it the second time anyway. Um, so tonight we are gonna, we're going to talk about stuff. Um, we've got two gentlemen, maybe a third joining us later. I hope so. But we've got Lester and we've got James. How are you guys doing? Call- Doing pretty good. Oh, Call you know. me less. It, it it sounds faster. Less. Okay. It sounds faster. It's cooler too. You know. <laughs> it's me one of those lesses more. That's uh. Ah. Less. <laughs> that was a good one. That's super king less over there. Do more with less. <laughs> um, That's right. So, Lester, I I remember I first came across you when I was first becoming aware of grid life, and you you were going real fast in a yellow integra at the time yeah that's uh that's still my baby um a lot of people know me from uh i shouldn't say a previous life but uh, having my supra so i've been i've been in the road race world maybe since 2006 or so and um you know just just a normal kid from akron ohio never knew anything about road racing or anything i didn't even know mid ohio was there right so i moved up here to go to universal tech moved to illinois go to Universal Tech thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to be the next Dom Toretto. It's going to be great. Like, full disclosure, not even going to lie. Like, I told that's the lifestyle I wanted. Yeah. I, I wanted that, you know? So, I mean, I, I would say I made a pact with uh, dedicating my life to motorsports, and I've been doing that ever since. So, but yeah, the Integra, uh, basically, the Supra was really ex- – it's still really expensive. It, got, it was starting to get really, really expensive. You know, fuel was – you know, 200 bucks a day. Like it's just about to say just know. in like upkeep and stuff. Yeah. Just upkeep and oil. Like, cause it was burning crazy oil. Cause I had the anti-life system to it. So, you know, oh, gotta nice. shoot flames, <laughs> 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 but yeah, I decided, uh, just doing the, the Honda stuff. I came across like a civic or something. It was really fun. And then like seeing all the other guys out there with civics having fun. And I was like, all right. So I bought an Integra for eight, I think it was like 800 bucks. Cause Another play on my name, people used to call me uh, less than $1,000 reps. So I would only buy cars that cost less than $1,000. <laughs> that was my my MO. Nice. So basically doing that. And uh, the Integra, I just, that was when I first started to decide to, to do Time Attack. And that was my first real competition. And uh, just doing that. So hooked up with my team, Hard Times. Got to give those guys a shout out, of mm-hmm. course. Um, and it you know, kind of went in from there and just learning how to drive front wheel drive. Everyone was super nice and like, teaching me how to left foot break. Jake Kaminsky taught me how to left foot break. Seeing all the fun Adam J. Bay was having in this, you know, the Civic. And I was like, yeah, these things are, these things are pretty awesome. Like, you know, and you can buy everything from AutoZone. Or so I thought. Yeah. <laughs> or so I thought. You can buy a lot. You can buy a lot from AutoZone. In a pinch, you can buy a lot from AutoZone. So doing that stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, the 2018 se- uh, season, that's when I got the Integra and at first it was just non B tech and I was just having a blast with it. Just going out driving. I would drive it it's still a tre- street car to this day. It's actually sitting outside in the snow. Like, cause two I am <laughs> who, who knew somebody drove a street car in street. 
Right. With subs and an amp <laughs> still to this day. It's amazing. <laughs> so did that in uh, that 2018 series. 2018 series I when I won the street front wheel drive championship grid life. So it was the most amazing, one of the most amazing moments of my life. It was just like validation of like, see, I know I'm good. Like, you know, you're standing on that top step and you have that nasty champagne, you're spraying it everywhere and it gets in your eyes. You drive home and you're like, man, I hope I don't get a DWI or nothing. <laughs> oh, so good. Nice. Yeah. And James, you're, uh, this is your second appearance on the podcast. It is. Um, um, my first was uh, a very interesting conversation with some of my favorite people. And uh, well, you always, I was about as nervous as I was then as I am now. Well, you, <laughs> you always said that you'd be on a podcast as long as you weren't the only guest. That's true. Because <laughs> then if I'm, I, t- I always said if I'm the only guest, you and Scott, uh, you and Seth would uh, psychoanalyze me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we might do that anyway, but yeah. for fun. <laughs> Is that why you're sitting in the dark right now? So I can't even. Yeah, you know, I'm hiding in my car so you can't see my facial expressions. You know. <laughs> um, and James, you're you're kind of known around the the grid life paddock. You're one of the kind of lead tech guys, hug giver, pit lane worker. You do a lot for grid life. Yeah, I uh, I kind of wear a bunch of hats um and that all started because uh in like 2016 2015 well i guess we should start like uh i mean i've been doing track stuff since like 2011 um but i took a big break in between like four and a half years five years um and uh i actually rent my house from adam's parents so i've known adam for like a decade and i remember one day i was just sitting around like looking at grid life and looking at other track events and going like, man, I really wish I could be back at the track. So I hit him up one day and I was just like, what can I do to help? And boy, what can I do to help? Like that has turned into <laughs> so much. I mean, I've done, uh, the tech, in- I've done tech inspection. I've done pit lane working. I mean, I'm uh, currently instructed now with grid life. Um, for some reason they deemed me, they deemed my driving, my mediocre driving skills good enough to uh, teach other people how to drive less mediocrely. There you go. Um, but I mean, I have a burning desire to like help other people realize how cool motorsports are um, because it is such, it's been such a life changer for me. And it's been such a big part of my life. Like it's the reason I know who I know. Like it's the reason I have the friends that I have and the experiences that I have. So I always feel like if I could share that, share that joy with other people then i'm doing well now for anybody who knows less and james i feel less you've always been lester to me all right we'll go with it um <laughs> the you you both are black and uh our third guest who again hopefully will be able to join us is also black because Part of what came out of the discussion from the podcast um, that we referenced earlier is that um, there's not a whole lot of black drivers and crew people and pit lane workers in grid life as there are white people. And we figure we should probably talk about that. 
Um, what's what's been your experience? Um, it doesn't have to be with grid life, but just in track conditions in general with being black and just having to show up to a paddock. Nearly every paddock I've ever seen is largely white. Uh, Les, you want to do that one first? Because uh, I feel like you have well, some more uh, experience. Well, 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 brother. Yeah. <laughs> Les, Les so, also like wrote a an essay that he's like, he's got like a bullet point. So, um, like I say, coming from Akron, Ohio, um, I grew up. I didn't really. I shouldn't, people always say like you know they don't see color or something like that, but you kind of do, right? You you kind of know the things you're around and. My dad wanted me to, he's a Dodge guy. So something we can lament about Scott. Like he's a Dodge guy. I worked at Chrysler. Um, the, the Twinsburg staffing plant. I seen one of the first Vipers ever made, you know, and I was like asking my dad, like, dad, why does it sound like that? And he's like, shut up. You know, like, you know, the, the V10 sounded like garbage in 91. So I was a truck. Um, yeah. Right. It sounded horrible, <laughs> but being one of the only black people at the track, in a way, like, so I think I first started going to Autobahn in 2006 or so. And at that point, I was already kind of like acclimated because I went to Universal Tech. So there was people from all over. There was, you know, there was black guys from the hood. There was white guys from the South. People with large looks of trucks. People that wanted to do this or that or whatever. And we all just kind of had to get forced to get along because we were all, you know, screwed at that point as we didn't know. You know, we <laughs> were going to pay $30,000 for not an associate's degree. But, um, and then just going to Autobahn for the first time, it was just like, oh, oh my God, like people do this. Like, this is, this is real life. Like I thought Gran Turismo was kind of like not made up, but it was just like something that only a very slept people get to do. And I mean, in a way it is the further I get down the rabbit hole, but it, it was a eye opening to go like, oh, wow, this is that, this is, oh man. And the first time you drive into Autobahn, you see the gates open because they're keeping the pores out, you know? Especially Autobahn. You know, you're like, oh my God, you're, it's, like, it's like you're going into heaven. You're like, oh, this is it. Oh, I, I didn't die. I didn't went to heaven. Like, this is, this is the best day ever. And then, like, I, I went there the first time. I didn't know anybody at first. And then I was working at the shop, Genesis Racing Development. So it was an Audi track day that I was going to. Of course, I didn't have an Audi. I had the Supra. So I kind of got like a, I kind of got a shoe in because I was doing all these guys' oil changes and I was the dyno kid and, you know, like, oh, this guy, I guess you can come out, maybe, like, you know, but I was like, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. And so the more I got to like to know the people, I had an instructor there and he was pretty cool. And uh, he, he was trying to help me bleed my brakes and he, he really failed at helping me. I was, of course, I was going to be the pedal guy and he was just left the valve open and I'm like, oh my God. And I realized at that moment, like, sometimes you know more than people that have money right didn't know that <laughs> so yeah definitely uh very shocking moments and it's it's been mostly good but i have had the moments where you like you're like wow was that racist and you had the moments where you're like wow that was blatantly racist like oh okay or like um i don't want to start it off on the bad foot but just you know it, it's one of those times you get to laugh about it you know and someone asked me like oh what uh what car do you drive the the impala out there and you're like what <laughs> it what oh you drive the money car <laughs> i'm like that's not even like really accurate or funny but you know it's one of those things you take you put it in your heart and you go like 
I'm going flat through the, I'm going flat through turn one at, at Autobahn North. I don't care. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. You know? So in a way I've took a lot of that, you know, maybe not having people around me that look like me as determination to try and maybe get more people that look like me, but also like to further my own, like, it doesn't matter what color your skin is in a way, or like your, you know, your body parts, but it's just like, someone always said to me, it's like, it's not about body parts. It's about your heart. So that's just kind of what I've been focusing on and just like finding good people around me. doesn't matter skin color or, you know, gender or anything. Just if you're down for me, like I'm going to ride for you and we can both like do great things together and like just do this race car thing, you know? <laughs> about you, James. Um, so I know I sure I shared a bit about it on the last podcast that I was on that, um, if people haven't listened to it, I mean, it's a real good one, but, uh, just kind of like Lester said, like, uh, I also went to UTI and I also like, uh, you know, uh, I learned real quick that, uh, 30,000 for an associate's degree or not an associate's degree was a, uh, huge something. But, right. um, like when I first got into tracking, I mean, there weren't a lot of black dudes around. Lester was actually one of the first black dudes that I saw, like, and when I was in it, he was already like instructing and stuff like that. So I was like, wow, that dude is rad. I want to be like him. Um, but the more I got into it, the more I realized like how few, how few role models that I had in the sport to look up to. Right. Like there's not a lot, there's not a lot of people you can look up to that share the same life experiences as like me or Lester share the same skin color. It's just one of those things. Like we don't have that same representation in motorsports. Like, and every time you go to a new track, every, everybody that I meet, every, like everywhere that I go, uh, motorsports related, it's usually dominated by white men. So I go, I see, you know, it, it's sometimes, um, when it was early, I'll say when I was like early into it, sometimes it would present an uncomfortable situation because I am not very good at new environments. Um, and it took a lot of, it took a lot of like practice and trying to get good at new environments and showing up, um, and getting used to my surroundings and just not having that familiar element would make that sometimes so much harder. But, uh, just like Lester says, I kind of use it as motivation. Like it's not so bad now because I know so many people at grid life and stuff like that. And even when I go to newer track days, I'm so experienced at being at the track that it feels like home no matter where I'm at. Even if I'm dealing with, uh, like like Lester said, even if you're dealing with like people who are kind of subtly racist or even blatantly racist, um, it's just one of those things where it happens so often. Uh, even if people don't mean it to happen so often, it happens so often in daily life that you just kind of take it, put it away because it doesn't really bother you anymore. And uh, I try not to hold that same mentality when I go to different tracks with different organizations and meet different people, but it's always kind of there. So I'm never, I would never be surprised if somebody acted differently towards me just because of the color of my skin, but it's refreshing to go to places and like hang out with organizations like grid life and whatnot that are so inclusive that it's not a thing that happens. So when I started tracking, um, one of the things, like I think anybody who starts tracking stuff, it's a little like scary the first time. You don't know what you're doing. And you're like the weird kid who feels like everyone else in the room knows more than you. 
But one of the advantages to being the lanky white dude is that you're in a room with 28 other lanky white dudes. And so you always have the ability to sit there and be quiet and be invisible. And that's a really good way to deal with anxiety. Just like, you know, shrink into yourself and be invisible until you feel more comfortable. And I was talking to my daughter about this because she's frequently, when we go to track stuff, she's like one of, you know, four women at the facility. And she's like, you can't be, you know, four foot 10 and redheaded and look like you're 13 years old and not have everybody stare at you when you walk through paddock. She's like, I can't be invisible. And so she always has eyes on her and she says that feels really, really weird. And what do you guys think about the, like when you show up at an event and you're, you know, one of, one of two black guys there and you lose the ability to be invisible. Does that affect you in any way? Um, at the beginning, it used to definitely like I instruct with a bunch of different organizations and one of them I do, uh, it's run on Mondays at Gingerman and it's usually affluent older men that show up because they can afford to take a Monday off. And then, you know, they show up in their, their Porsche, their Mustang, their vet, their Ferrari, whatever they bring Maseratis. And they, we sit in the driver's meeting and, uh, they point out instructors and I'm like, hi, I'm your instructor. I'm James. And I'm, I just turned 30. Have fun with that. You know, like <laughs> the first few times, the, the first few times that was, I would walk into the driver's meeting and they would all be like, like, oh, these are your instructors. Hi, I'm James. I'm one of the instructors. I drive the ratty black Honda out there. And they're like, Hmm. Um, and it was, it felt weird at first. But I mean, I guess just like anything, you get kind of used to it. So it doesn't it doesn't bother me anymore to not be able to be invisible um, because I've just come to terms with the fact that I'll never be invisible as long as like in motorsports anyway, like everywhere I go, I'm, I'm definitely always going to be one of the minority, at least right now. Um, so on the opposite end of that spectrum, I've just made myself as visible as possible. Um, to add on to that, um, Seth, you were saying about how your daughter says that. So I, I work, I do a lot. I do, like I said, I dedicated my life to motorsports. So I work with this, uh, this team round three racing and we have, uh, we have a few female drivers and it, she should look into shipped up now. It's like a motorsport club for all women, but it's not like exclusive. To, it's, you really just have to check. I don't want to mess up their, their, their statement, their mission statement, but it's really cool. Um, so there's definitely a, a few females on the team and just listening to like, just the things they say, you know, cause they say, you know, like the eye, all eyes are on you. And like, if you win, Oh my God, you know, that guy got beat by a girl. That guy got beat by a girl. But if you lose, if you wreck the car, you flip it, you spin it. I, I want to credit this person. Lonnie Unser actually said this to me and she said, you know, if you lose it or you spin or something like that, like that's when they say like, Oh, well she did it because she's a girl. Or, oh, that's it. See, that's why. You know, oh, that's it. So that, like you're saying, that ability to not to be able to, like, just kind of shrink into yourself or something. Because, granted, there's all sorts of people that go, go to the track. But, like, at the higher level that I've seen, it's, you don't see anyone that looks like me, even changing tires, really. So they might be like, oh, hey. Or I've had people tell me, like, hey, oh, that trash can over there is full. And I'm like. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. Like, what? Who are you talking about? Oh, the trash can's cool. I'm like, oh, 
Cool. Um, I'm putting on my Hans because I'm about to go slay right now. So I'm a holler to you later. Like, you know, like, you know, this wasn't even super high class. This was like, I want to say this was, um, this was WRL. So, I mean, I shouldn't say super because WRL is actually pretty wild right now. But, you know, people like, oh, but it's different states. People just are not accustomed to seeing people that look like me or, you know, in certain areas of expertise in a way. So I think like James says, like, I've just made myself more visible, like the Integra is yellow. I wear yellow shoes. I have my helmet wrapped yellow. Like if you don't see me or notice me or notice all the awesome things I'm doing, <laughs> you, you, you need, you need glasses. Cause I'm, I'm out here to slay and you will notice. I'm, I'm curious. So this, this whole notion of going to someplace new and like we've been saying, like you can't hide. So it sounds like you both have like taken that as fuel and, but you have to do it in like a very active way. You have to try, you have to make yourself visible and known that that almost sounds like in that same in that same breath like a burden and one that other black people just may not want to do because that it sounds because not only are you showing up to the track for the first time and all like the extreme anxieties that that brings on but you've got to then be the only black person in the room and and do it in it just it seems like it compounds the problems of a first track day experience and make it that much harder for somebody who doesn't look like Seth and I to show up to a track day i mean it's um it's kind of a thing that's instilled in us from a young age too is that we have to work twice as hard we have to be better than good to make it ahead i mean if uh i don't know if any of you i've I've watched like drive to survive and like a bunch of stuff with lewis hamilton i mean he was talking about when he was in go-karting and stuff like his dad would always tell him like you have to be better than the best you have to work twice as hard as anyone here to get where you want to go and uh, get where you want to go in life and i mean that's with that's with everything like as a young child my parents told me that like you can't just coast by. It's like, you're smart, but you have to be better than good to be where you want to be because we can't coast off mediocrity, you know? Um, and I mean, you and, can see it. Go ahead, Les. Uh, uh, no, and just to bring up maybe like another aspect of this, that so James and I kind of are aware of this, but the colorism thing too. So like, um, yeah. it's, it's weird. It's, it's so weird to say this, but it, it's, you know, James is a little bit lighter than me. I like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty dark skinned, right? So it, it's, uh, you know, James may seem more friendly. I mean, he actually is way more friendly than me because I'm the, <laughs> I'm the shit talker <laughs> of our group. I guess you could say like, oh, that's crazy. I'm really nice. But, you know, like I am a shit talker. I'm, but you, no, you, you are. it'll seem like, like James is more nice, like maybe more, you know, light skinned. So it's like, oh, he's more, I mean, not sought after, but he's more marketable. Way, yeah right yeah exactly and i mean that's so something that's like, been taught to us that's been something that's been a thing since we were kids as well you know like that's a that's a big thing in the black community that's a problem is colorism like to be seen as light skin is more desirable because you're closer to white and some people would even pat like some people would even like pass off as white if it means they can get further ahead 
And it's crazy because like, you'll see, you'll see in the black community, like sometimes people will be like, I want to say racist, but I want to say colorist against like darker skin, black folk. They'll, you know, like Lester said, they'll seem, you know, it seems like they're less friendly or less approachable because they're darker skin. Well, that's not even true, you know? Right. And I mean, like people, uh, like you'll see, it's a, it's a big thing too with like, um, in Hispanic black cultures as well, like Dominicans and Puerto Ricans and stuff like, uh, Afro Latinos, they like have a big thing about being closer to light skin than closer to dark skin. Like to be lighter right. skin is to be better. And it's right. just like, you know, it's to me and Lester, like it's a crazy concept, but to some people that's just the way of life, you know? Right. And I mean, it starts like at an early age too, you know, like, so, um, I can just remember back, like, you know, night growing up in the nineties, like, uh, it was, you know, th there wasn't really too many like dark skin actors and say like Wesley Snipes or whatever. So yep. you hear jokes about it, but you know, like in, um, like I said, I grew up in Akron, Ohio in public school. So, you know, we had our, our roast sessions, we used to call them roast sessions or whatever. So you had people like making fun of people or joking around or, you know, like, Oh, you know about your mama's so fat jokes or something like that. But like, I remember like the one that like really got to me because everyone knew I liked cars. I'm like, Oh man, let's, you so black. I bet you when you get in the car, the oil light come on. And I like, I literally went to cry my eyes out. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, my chest. But it was just one of those things. And it, it like, it hits you and you're like, wow, is this what the rest of the world sees me as? Like, I just want to be less stretched back in Ohio like, and race cars and like do some awesome things. But, you know, and even then, like when you tell other people, other black people, like that your peers, you know, if that's who you're around, Hey, I want to, I want to, I like, I like racing cars. I like doing this. They're like, Oh, like, like Jeff Gordon. And you're like, well, not like NASCAR. Don't get me wrong. Gordon was the man in the nineties. And he recently really run a Rolex a few years ago too. But like, no, actually, like, I don't know, like, you know, the Andretti's or anybody else, you know, like, but people never got that far. Mm -hmm. So my mom always taught me, it was like, um, I, I don't know if it's a, a parable, but they say like, you know, like crabs in a bucket. So when yeah. you go crab fishing, you don't have to put uh, a lid on the bucket because if one crab sees another one climbing out, it'll grab it and pull it back down. So that's my, the way my mom always said, she's like, all right, well, you know, you want to do this and I know you're going to go far and you're going to do everything you want, but you can't tell everybody your dreams because all they're going to do is try and hold you back. And it was just, mm -hmm. you know, kind of discouraging. Yep. You feel, you feel so alone because you go, oh man, like I'm going to tell my friend I want to do this, but they want to play basketball and do stuff like that. And I'm from the home of LeBron James, and he's a year older than me. So at that point, I realized, like, nah, I'm not. <laughs> I learned how to dunk, and that was it, man. Like, I'm too frail. Like, I, that was about it. I, <laughs> I wasn't going nowhere else. I was like, oh, our stuff has to work out for me. But you don't have anybody really to, like you said, look up to that looks like you. And the people that you want to look up to don't see you. They see you, but they don't see you for what you think your potential is. Mm -hmm. So kind of sucks, but overall kind of dope too <laughs> i mean it is it's nice to uh it, it is nice to be underestimated sometimes and to exceed those expectations you know to it feels sweet sometimes and um i mean it's just a fact of life before like lester and i like i mean some people are gonna judge us before they like some people are gonna judge us when they see us that's it Yep. Same, like plain and simple it doesn't matter what we do it doesn't matter what we say like the image of what we are is made up in their mind right. and i mean that's just something that that's something that we've come like 
we've come to terms with had to live with because that's been that's life that's been our whole entire lives like ever since being a child yes so, and like i i i'm sorry to cut, cut you off real quick i just want to add this to there no, 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 <laughs> i'm talking nonsense you keep going <laughs> but i instruct for um uh, a supercar experience i won't mention their name but a supercar experience in the chicagoland area and i've been doing it for probably six or seven or eight years now and i like to think that i'm pretty proficient at it um so we'll be at autobahn or something like that and i'll be in the lambo because i you know sometimes i'll post up and say lambo less is back in town or something like you know just to promote my own image on social media if you will um and you'll get people that get into the car and you're like oh Oh, uh, hey, uh, so, uh, um, uh, you know, kind of like stammering, like they didn't expect necessarily me to be in there, you know, and, and uh, it's 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 kind of weird. Um, actually, Holly worked for the same company one time, too. And so we do this thing where we expedite the customer into because you have to keep them moving. So you put the customer in the car and I was putting this lady into a car and she, you know, very broken Eastern English English, Eastern European accent. She's like, she's seen Holly as her instructor. She goes, Oh, you're not, you're not man. You're not man. And <laughs> Jelly's like, No, I'm not. She's <laughs> like, Oh, man teaches me better. And I, my, like, my jaw was in the floor, like, Whoa, this is going to be good. You, you like, said that out like, loud. <laughs> right. Like, I'm going to need the video from this car right now. Like, this is going to be amazing. Like, yeah. everybody get the popcorn. Let's go. <laughs> But it worked out fine, and the lady was uh, perfectly fine. But it was just like, wow, this still happens to everyone. You know, it's not just me. So I didn't feel alone in that day. But being, you know, as my mom always, my mom tells me, she's like, you might be the darkest thing in the bar, in the, at the paddock, but it's okay. Just remember who you are. She, you know, she always prays for me. And, you know, I got one of those praying black mamas, you know, <laughs> get home safe and. Yes, sir. And if y'all y'all haven't met Lester's mama, Lester's mama is the best, like the best. I was she is the sweetest. I love her. I love Lester's mama. I, I was actually gonna bring her up because Les, you bring your mom to the track, um, yeah, yeah. and I'm I'm curious if if she's ever talked about that experience for her because I mean not only is she black, she's female, and not actually participating, so she can't even like necessarily like overcome anything through her on track driving or by volunteering she's just there has she ever talked about what that experience for her uh yeah so i took her to her first well her first real big boy track day at uh when i flew her out to daytona this past year Mm -hmm. and it was Green, you know, so it was my birthday weekend, and I was like to spend it with my mom. And I was like, hey, mom, let's go put our toes in some sand somewhere, you know. So, and she's like, okay, weird. I'm like, yeah, it's just, you know, but she didn't know we were going to go racing. That, well, she didn't know. I, I think she knew because she knows who I am, but she's like, uh, they tell her, they tell her 500. <laughs> you, know, you do the math on this. But she just said that, you know, people were just really shocked because, you know, you can't hear the chatter. And the stuff that gets said about you when you're already in the car, headphone, you know, all your stuff. And you can't hear that stuff, right? Mm. But, you know, she was like, people were just like really shocked at the way you were handling yourself. And um, if you guys know me, like on the track, I love rain. Like I love rain versus weather conditions. Like I will go out every session. In fact, like I'm going to Atlanta here at the end of the week. And I am shouldn't say I'm hoping it snows again, but if it does, I'm ready, you know? (laughs) But yeah, she... 
she tells me she's like, yeah, it's just kind of crazy. You just get to hear people say like, oh wow, you know, look at really, oh he's really out there flying, and she'll pipe up because my mom is, you know, she is my mom. I am, you know, and she'll say like, oh yeah, that's my son. He's doing this, and like, oh yeah, I raised him, blah blah blah. And, you know, she'll she'll tell him like my whole life story in the last four of the social. She doesn't care. She's like, hey, this is nice. I was just a little kid. He wanted to do this, and you know, people thought he was crazy, and da, da, da. <laughs> but and she'll be like, yeah, it's just. You know, I let them know who you are, and it is what it is. I want to find you on YouTube and Instagram. Like, my mom is my biggest fan, and it's, it's great, you know. So I can – I'm really happy I have that pushing and that motivation behind me to have that because I can imagine – I don't know if I would be where I'm at if I didn't have her telling me I could do anything I wanted to do at a young age. And, James, you, you bring your daughter occasionally – to events which is always delightful for me and uh and your wife even graces our presence from time to time um has has she talked about what that's like or what's what what are you thinking when your daughter's walking around the paddock with you well my wife has actually talked about what it's like she's talked about how uncomfortable uh it feels to be there and not know anybody so i've made it a more of a point to like bring her along and like introduce her to people and get her comfortable with people like she loves becky so she loves becky mm-hmm. and renee her two favorite people Be- becky loves uh, her i can tell you that <laughs> <laughs> but she would tell me how like because she's darker skin as well um and she would tell me how uncomfortable it could be if i like if i like had to run away for a minute to go do so especially like when I was working a lot at the events, like running pit lane and tech and doing like everything running up and down paddock, she would tell me how uncomfortable she'd feel just kind of being there by herself with no one to talk to nobody who like can, she relates to. Um, so I've been making it a huge priority, which is why like, I love the fact that Renee is Renee and Becky is Becky and they are. And Lisa, like everybody is so cool. So she has people that she can like walk around with and talk with now. But um, when I bring my daughter, I mean, I want her to, I want her to thrive in everything that she does. And if she wants to thrive in motorsports, I want her to be ready for it at a young age. You know, like I want to walk, I want her to, I want to show her the things that I wasn't shown as a child because like I found, like I said, I found motorsports kind of on accident, actually. Like, like Lester said, like growing up, I didn't know there was any like Gran Turismo. Like I was like, Oh my God, like this is a real thing that people can go do. Like I thought you had to have money, money to go to the track. Like I didn't know about a gingerman. I didn't know I've lived in Chicago my whole life. I didn't know Autobahn was a thing. I didn't know anything about that. And I kind of stumbled into it due to a car club that, um, a buddy of ours was doing like, uh, SCCA autocross and stuff. And I was like, autocross, what is an autocross? So I was like, oh, I'll go check it out. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Driving around the parking lot in cones. I was like, this is really cool. If only it was longer. And I remember talking to somebody there and they were like, oh, you should try track days. And I was like, I have no idea what a track day is. But <laughs> I like to, I like to bring my daughter around because it's like when she gets older, if she does want to do motorsports, I want to show her like this, this right here. This is how you do it. This is how you do it affordably this is how you can get into it you know this is the community you want to be around i just want to give her those opportunities that i didn't have at at a younger age because i've always been in the cars 
I've always been into motorsports and stuff like that. But she might decide that she wants to like play with computers or something. And I mean, that's fine too. But, you know, I want to bring her around because it's just something she likes. I just, I want to be able to afford her that opportunity. There's. So you were, you mentioned that you came to, you sort of came to racing all by yourself and that I did too. My, I, I didn't have any background in it from my parents. And so that begs the question to me, why aren't there more young black men in the driver's meetings? Um, a lot of it has to do with just knowledge. Like it's a thing where, um, I mean, like I said, me, like, like Lester said too, like we didn't know that track days were a thing. Like now that I know track days are a thing, it's like, I want to go to all of them. And a lot of like, I mean, uh, I have to assume that a lot of black dudes don't know because it's just not like, like I said, there's nobody that they can look up to in the motorsports area where it's like, Oh, they look like me. I can do that too. You know, like a lot of famous, famous black males you see are athletes. Like most of them are athletes. So it's like, Oh, football, basketball. Like, yeah, yeah. Those two things. But you don't see a lot of athlete, like black male athletes in driving. Like you have Lewis Hamilton, but then you'd have to know about F1. And even though F1 is a global sport, it's not that it's not like the most popular sport in America, you know? Like, it's not something that you could sit down and just be like, oh, man, I'm going to catch the F1 highlights really quick unless you know where to look for them. Um, right. And so it's like, <clears throat> I'm sorry to cut you off, but like full disclosure, uh, like as a black male doing this thing, I haven't watched an F1 race since maybe 99. <laughs> like, it's just You're not right. My jam, right. It's just not my jam. Like, I just don't find F1. It's not my jam. It's not my ultimate aspire. Right. So I didn't even watch F1. No, just to Lewis Hamilton, not to, no, just to anyone else. Like, I just doesn't, you know. So even if you are like into cars and stuff, sometimes you just might not be into that certain thing, right? And sometimes that just doesn't appeal to everyone. So, um, you guys kind of don't know about this, like, um, you know, it's got incest, but it's the internet is a big thing. You may have heard about it, right? But there's car clubs like of exclusively like you know just they only let certain people in to these like internet car clubs and I don't want to mention any names, but they are pretty harsh about checking your background and your profile to see if you are actually a black or black male or female or of, you know, some descent to let you into these like internet based car clubs. And it's like, it's kind of weird to me at first. I was like, why would we need that? What, what was going on? But then the more I came along to it, it, it made sense to me as like, it's kind of like a gathering of like, you would say the nerds, right? but is gathering of like like-minded individuals that say like, Oh yeah, I really like cars. No, seriously. I really like cars, not just doing mm -hmm. like burnouts or, you know, street takeovers, which is like a huge problem right now with like, if you look at any type of like people saying they're street racing, I'm air quoting for the listeners right now. So it's really people just doing burnouts and like, you know, drifting slide power sliding their cars or whatever, talking about their race car drivers, but they're not in our opinion. Right but they don't know any better. Right. So if you tell someone, yeah, um, I'm going to go to the track, I'm going to spend, you know, $200 on this, mm -hmm. uh, this track day, you know, like that's on a low. That's on the, this is 2006, yeah. right? $200 on a yeah. track day. And they're like, wait, I can go to the club and buy a bottle for $200 or like at least or something like that and hang out with my friends, my homies, my cronies, whoever. And that's talked about in rap music. 
So that scene is way more mm-hmm. popular and more prevalent than anything you're ever going to do at the racetrack. Just because someone talks about like, oh, I got this car and this Hellcat's burning out and doing stuff like that. So just saying in the rap community, it, it doesn't resonate well with saying like, oh, I'm going to the track day and I bought a new Hans. I don't know. I'm not trying to. I'm going to make state please. Yeah. Was that a, was that a freestyle? <laughs> I mean, like, Are you trying? I was going to say, he's got a, he's got fire trying? tracks, man. I've heard it. Um, <laughs> no, but it just, you know, it just doesn't resonate, you know? And it's just, it's, yeah. it's sad because you try and tell people you know like you tell i tell all the young black males and myself I'm like hey you know come just check that'll be great blah blah and they're like oh so what do i get if i win i'm like uh actually nothing <laughs> oh More. so i spent how much money you know like to win a to win a grid life championship like or to win gltc like how how much yeah. oh okay and you get what nothing roger pinsky doesn't know your name no one else knows your name michael jordan doesn't know your name no well, okay i'm gonna i'm gonna stick to basketball you know <laughs> And it's sad. And I, yeah, it's, it, I mean, we could have a whole nother podcast going into like the, the environment that I got notes if you want to do it. I mean, I you know, he, yeah, he got the notepad. And I mean, I can, I mean, I can just point out like my own school experience. Like I went to a, a primarily black high school and I mean, they don't tell, like there were, if you weren't doing football or basketball or track and field, what other extracurriculars were there? Like they, there was no opportunities for like motorsport or auto. Oh no, did I freeze? Oh, okay, never mind. Let's let's just look in yeah. real serious at me. Yeah, I'm following. No, no, he's you paying attention. Uh, but like, I didn't have. There weren't extracurriculars that could point me in other directions either. So, I was. I've been in the car since I was young. My dad loved motorcycles, uh, and I learned real quick. I was like, motorcycles, not for me. Cars, though love those things Sorry, and Seth. uh i mean i've always loved cars but i didn't have an outlet for it as well and i mean like less said like my outlet became being an idiot on the street and street racing like but you know i was like of the fast and the furious like right after generation like fast and the furious was like right before i got my license so i was like oh my god this is the coolest thing ever i can't wait to do this and then i went street racing for the first time and i was like yo there are no girls here this is not a party what is happening they have lied to me where's but, where where the hell is monica yeah i was like what is this there's no i was like there's no i like i remember seeing my first like money money race but it was like for a grand and i was like I mean, a grand was a lot when I was like seventeen, but I was still like, man, I would. You can't like they. You can't buy an engine with a grand. Like you can't. What you gonna do with a thousand dollars? Like, <laughs> but like, there's just no outlets for that type of thing. There's like in in mostly black communities, it's not a thing that people talk about. Like, especially. I mean, we can break it down to like you know like because of housing stuff and, I mean, there's so much that could be talked about um, about the black experience in America. Like we could go all the way back to like, you know, the civil rights era and Jim Crow and stuff like that and why it's like that. But there's just not a lot of exposure and opportunities for, for like young black people to come into motorsports. Like me and Les are like the minorities, but like, can you imagine? Like I've never, I've yet to meet a black woman racer. Like I've yet to meet one in like personally. And I mean, I there's like, there's only a handful that, are even like that I, that I could bring up, you know? And that's like through looking, looking through searching, searching, but like you go to any track day. I mean, what are the chances of finding a black woman who's out there to race, you know? And the reason, I mean, what's the reason behind that? There's no exposure. 
And then they have nobody that looks like them that they can be like, wow, I can do that too. Yeah. It's right. It's, and, in, it's interesting. The two of you, you know, are, are talking about like the competition for driving isn't almost sounds like it's not necessarily like the sport or choice or like career path or whatever you want to talk about. It's actually like, it almost sounds like it's an internal debate on whether or not you want to go against the ingrained culture that's there. Like, do you want to take the easy path and go with what your culture talks about? Or do you want to take the past left less traveled and make it real hard on yourself to be one of at best a handful of black people at the racetrack where you can, you can talk about going to the racetrack with your friends, but it's like, they, they don't, they're not going to get it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I can even bring this up. Like when I first started doing track stuff and like really get in the cars, I mean, I remember, I would remember I would be in the garage for hours on end and like my friends would want to hang out and they're like, Oh yeah, we're going to such and such, man. You should come out. And I'm like, Oh man, I, I'm trying to put an engine in this car. Like I'm going to be in here all night. Like you guys are welcome to come hang out over here. Um, and I could, man, I could name on one hand how many times like growing up from 18 to like 22 that I had my friends who weren't like my friends that I grew up with would come to hang out in the garage while I was working on a car. You know, they don't want to do that. Cause I mean, to them, they're like, I don't, I don't get it. Why is he all like, why is he always working on this car? Like, why doesn't it ever work? Cause I mean, I was bad. <laughs> I was a bad mechanic back then, but like, why doesn't it ever work? But like the dedication, blood, sweat, and tears that I was pouring into this goal that I wanted, they couldn't see it because they didn't like, they didn't understand it because they couldn't see it. Cause they, they like it, to them, it was like speaking a different language. They're like, I have no idea what he's talking about. And I mean, right. And, uh, it's, it's, it's just wild. Like you, it's, uh, and in that sense, it's not so different because I find that no one that typically most people outside of this group we're in right now, right. Don't really want to do car stuff. Like I could think of a handful of like just my random, just coworkers that actually understand why I go racing. And I'm like, Oh yeah, this weekend I'm flying out to, you know, oh, I'm flying to Texas. I'm going to Coda for this, blah, blah. They're doing that, and they're like, oh, cool. So you're gonna be doing? I'm like, yeah, I'm doing this, this, and this. And then next weekend I'll be somewhere else. And next weekend I'll be in Alabama, and you know, so I'm doing that like all summer. And then we talk about our, you know, like, oh, how was your weekend? Oh, yeah, you know, I cleaned the gutters and I cut the grass. And I'm like, <laughs> right, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, sounds like cool. horrible. Sounds like you're wasting your life away, right? But to me, it's just it's it doesn't resonate the same, right? And they're like, oh, you're always on the go. You got to do this. When do you get time just to relax? I'm like, what do you mean, like? Have you ever stood on the top step of something, drink some nasty champagne, and be like, yes. That's when you know, like, all your work just, you, yes, you're holding that bottle, and you're like, yeah. And then you have to chase that high for forever. <laughs> that, yeah, unfortunately, that's the, that's the truth, because I, yeah. this was my 20, what is it, 2021 was my first, like, actual competition season. I was like, oh, I'm going to do Sunday Cup with the Fits, because I can't afford to race my actual car. And... At NCM, I finished dead last, dead, dead at the bottom, zero, lastest of last. And I was like, that's not great. I must do better. And then I think I finished fifth, and then I landed on the podium, right? Like, I think third or fourth event, I landed on the podium. Autobahn, uh, Autobahn I won. I, I got first yeah. place at Autobahn, and I was like, well, this is it. I'm ruined for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, I, mu I must 
I must win. <laughs> I have to. I have to get trophies now forever. The something that we had talked about previously is is the idea that as a black person in largely America, but certainly in the paddock, is a bit like traveling to a different country where you have to kind of speak a different language. You have to be aware of local customs, like tread lightly, speak carefully Mm -hmm. when you're going to all these places. And the experience I always hearken back to, and I'm grateful for Sally McNulty for giving me this lesson, um, is when I think during a festival, uh, Becky wanted to go say hi because we had talked to Sally previously. So we, we walk up and Sally says hi to the both of us. And then Becky and Sally start having a conversation. And I, the tall white dude who's the majority everywhere, I am all of a sudden like not a part of this conversation. <laughs> it is these two women talking and all of a sudden like I'm very aware of oh this is like it's not about me like really not about me I am in a foreign country right now um when when you guys see another black person or people um James I know when you and I did some instructing out at Grattan um there's a group of black drivers who came out and you were their instructor like is there just like an understanding that doesn't even have to be spoken like is it like seeing somebody from your own country outside of your country while you're traveling like what's what is that like for for the two of you definitely you know like you like i mean like me and lester don't even speak the same way like together that we would speak to other people at the track you know <laughs> like i mean straight up you know like like <laughs> the 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 word choices we use the the inflections the tone like everything is different it's just like like you said like walking up and seeing like another black dude or a black girl at the track and just feel like yo we're family instantly like every time like uh one of the more recent ones that happened is uh when we went to mid ohio and i ran into marlin and I met him and I, this was the first time I met Marlon, but I was like, yo, this is my big brother, Marlon forever. Like this, this is my, him right here. Like every time we run into people of our own, it's just, I don't know. It's like you said, it's like seeing somebody outside, like at, from your country at a different place. And you just like, you just embrace them and you go into all sorts of familiar, like just familiar language and talking and like shared life experiences that are like, it's like, it's almost like an instant mental connection. It's just like, yo, yo. Right. And it, unfortunately, I mean, I want to play almost devil's advocate on that. Like it shouldn't be that way. Right. right. We should all have like that one Kendrick of like, you do this stupid thing where you like inject money into like sound like that's, <laughs> you should always have that feeling. Right. So definitely there's certain people that you get along with more than others. And even at like the, I don't want to keep saying like at the top level. So everyone that knows me knows my ultimate goal is IMSA GTD. I'm not stopping until I get there. 
it doesn't matter. I'm going. I'm getting that Rolex. Just it's drive, gonna happen. Just drive cleaner than we saw this past <laughs> weekend. Okay, <laughs> don't do that. Oh man, I swear. Well, like, all you have to do is keep it in like third and be like, all right. Well, I'm look, we're good. Lester, Lester's trying to get there on his. He's getting there on his driving skill, man. Like he's, uh, you know. He, he's not going to go in there and uh gentleman driver his way into somebody else's door. <laughs> I mean, that's not that every gentleman driver is bad, but you know, uh, some people, some people, they, uh, they think money equals talent and that is not the case. But also to play devil's advocate again with that, like what other real, I'm going to air quote real sport. As someone said to me the other day, just, you can just pay money and be at a professional level. Like you can't right. do that in basketball, right? Like you, like you can have all the money in the world, but you're still going to ride bench or be D league. Like it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> right? That's like true. tennis, you might get a little further, but nah. Like there's not really anything else. And the person I was with, my coworker, is like, you know, that's a rich man's sport. And I'm like, no, nah, man, you wrong. You know, because I was in my feelings about. It. I was like, no, nah, man, you wrong. Like, and he's like, yeah. Um. So if you're really good, like, hey, didn't you didn't you win a race last year? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, did you win like two races last year? He's like. He's like, yeah, so what did you get for that? And I was like, oh, I see what you did. Oh, you're making me feel bad about I got it. Cool. But it's the hard reality of it is sometimes it comes down to money. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like James was saying, like, you know, you see someone else of your own skin color, you go, you automatically, you shouldn't, right? We shouldn't assume that they grew up like us. They didn't have every opportunity afforded to them. So just be like, oh, well, yeah, I'm coming around and I bought this R34 Skyline and we're just going to do this thing. Or they knew already about this said thing or whatever. And they just now they're just trying it, right, because they want to. So it's uh, it's weird that that happens and it shouldn't. But I feel like at some of the like a grid life, obviously, everyone's just kind of like everybody. Um, you know, you do like some of the laps events, like everybody like it, I've been in like known that those guys at the laps events, like on Mondays for like years and years and uh you know shout out to all those guys are amazing but you know some affluent like white gentlemen in older age and they're like oh hey uh did you used to have the super i'm like i do they're like wow you see you know they're like oh you stuck with it i'm like i did you know he's like oh you stuck with it i'm like yeah just so you know you can't bleed brakes but (laughs) 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 but no it's just um it's sad in a way because then you feel like when you go home at night, you go, all right, out of the racetrack situation, who are, the, who are these people I can really call and depend on, right? The mm-hmm. racetrack, like, I know I can, like, whatever happens, blah, blah, like, oh, yeah, I need this person at all. Like, I think it was you that I called this guy one time, something about your radiator or something that broke at Autobahn, and you needed, like, some funnel or something or another. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, whatever, dude, I'll try and come back. You're like, oh, I think I got somebody. But it comes down to, like, who do you think like, Oh, you're, you're doing something and you get a flat to something non-automotive related that you can't fix. Right. Um, who can you call on to explain these things to you? Right. So I'm trying to make up my, my network is becoming my bank account. I've been trying to like do some self-improvement stuff on that. So I've been talking to people that are maybe above me and just, they can do, they, I shouldn't say they have like whatever I want to do money to go do race car stuff. I try and talk to them, but not pry and say like, oh, what do you do for a living? And da, 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 da. Uh, but just finding out about like what their investments are. What 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 is compounding interest? Like I learned about compounding interest and was like, yeah, I got to pay off my student loan. This is amazing. insane. Like I didn't realize it. Like, like, you know, like, oh, 
wait, what's compounding interest? Oh, okay. Oh, that's why I tried to build a car on a, on a, you know, a credit card. And like, why am I paying a thousand dollars every month to discover card from 2018? And my balance is still like 18 grand. Like it was only 20. What's, my, what's, what's going on? But you don't think about that. You're, you're going out, you're doing stuff. You're like, oh, yeah, I don't order a new set of federals real quick. Heck yeah. Or like, oh man, like Koenig's going to give me like $35 off on these, these wheels, but $35 off of something you didn't need anyway, is still like a lot of money. <laughs> but going to public school, they don't necessarily teach you that. Mm-hmm. And listening to maybe the music or anything else that you listen to doesn't teach you that either. It's on the, it's on YouTube. It's on the internet, but that don't got that many likes, you know? Yeah. The dude that's yeah, balling exactly. out, like, you know, shaking Chris style and like popping bottles. That got hella likes. You're like, man, I'm gonna do that. Like he looks yeah. so and happy. I mean, yeah. Like, like Lester saying, I mean, the, the image that's presented to us as a black man in America, it's like, I mean, what is the, what is the most predominant image? It's like, you're either an athlete or you're a rapper. You know, that was what was most popular, like the most popular images we had to look up to as role models, man. And I mean, I went to school, like they didn't teach you that stuff in public school and in the black community, they don't talk about that stuff either. Um, and I mean, that just comes from, especially depending on where you come from, like my family's from the South side of Chicago, Erica's family's from the South side of Chicago. So I grew up like around the South side of Chicago. They don't talk about that there, you know, like they don't talk about financial health and stuff like that. Um, because they didn't know any better and their grandparents didn't know any better. Cause like my, like to, to put it in perspective of timelines, like Erica's grandmother's first husband was lynched like straight up. Cause they were from Mississippi. My grandparents, like my grandparents moved from the, from Alabama to Illinois to escape rate, like to escape racism and segregation and stuff like that. And then my dad, my dad was born during the civil rights era. Like, so, I mean, we're still healing from the trauma of that. Like, I'm, what, two generations removed from, from lynchings and, like, like, when lynchings were legal? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. we didn't have that, like, background of teaching our children to build generational wealth. So, like, now my generation, like, us, now we're, like, we have to be the ones that teach our children about finances and stuff like that. Like, so, like Lester was saying, like, I didn't know what a compounding interest was. I didn't know what any of this was. I remember having a credit card at like 19 and being like, yo, why am I paying? Like, like, how is this balance ever going to go down if I'm paying 25 bucks a month, but the balance is like $1,800 and the balance <laughs> just like stays $1,800 forever, yeah. you know? And men- um, but that's just stuff health. that we weren't taught and mental health. You know, that's, yeah, like that's, I that's mean, something yeah. that you and I, James have, we've talked about is, you know, you, you both said something, early on about you know that you take these harsh experiences and you just kind of put them in and you move on because that's just how it is but it's like that it doesn't disappear like it your body just swallows stress and anxiety and it comes out in some way Mm -hmm. i mean you can you can look at i mean how many famous black actors black athletes black artists and musicians how many like how many of them die young like you could you could pick in like you could jump in any any category and easily find artists and rappers and people who have died at 40 and 45 and 50 you know of like 
preventable diseases and things like that. I mean, like you said, that stress goes into your body and it stays there. And if you don't deal with it, like it's, it's gonna take, it's going to take its toll in one way or another. Right. And it's, uh, unfortunately it's still a stigma in America. Um, so I'm on, I, I mean, I can, this, uh, this is hard for me. Cause I think James, and I, I think we all had like this, uh, we were in our, like our, uh, our speedy, uh, speedy group, <laughs> we we're our speedy group. And we we're having this discussion. I've and heard people were saying like, well, Okay, okay. I didn't want to say it. Out loud, you know, it's a secret. It's a secret. But um, it you know, mental health is a real thing. And for me, I've never maybe been afforded that luxury of really thinking about my mental health because I never really feel it in a way. So like, mm-hmm. I don't really get depressed. I don't really get sad. I'm. I don't really like feel down about things. Like when I wrecked my car at a um at Road America. I like literally was like, oh, okay. I think Tim uh, bought me some drinks and I was just like, all right, well, I guess I got to try and fix this thing or something. Like, you know, came home for like a couple of days and just kind of looked at it in the garage and then like, I was right back to it. Like, so there isn't really too many things that bring me down, but I know, I'm not trying to say that's my superpower, but I know it's not, I know it's not right. I know it's not kosher. So within my mind, I always think to myself, like, I should be really sad about this. But all I ever really feel is like, super happiness like oh this is great i got the fastest lap of the day and then like oh man i got third place but i'm going to first <laughs> you know so i don't really ever feel like a real lower point than that and that that makes me sad because i can't identify with other people that don't that go lower than that like when kid cuddy said he you know had depression and stuff like that i was just like oh man like that's sad like i okay i mean i'm gonna buy his album but quit like and then like other Black males were like, oh, no, Kid Cudi, weird. I ain't going to do this. Or I ain't going to do that. He's right. sad all the time. He's suicidal. They just tear him down. And I'm like, Ugh, sorry for you, buddy. But And also, I don't want the listeners to get off on this bad track of like, oh, James and Les, they got it so hard. They get to do this <laughs> thing with disposable income and work around millionaires. Like, you know, they get to do this and whatever, and fly across the country. And Lambo Les is back in town. And like, I've never driven a GT3 RS Lester. And I'm like, well, I have, you know, I've been really lucky to be able to do those things. And I've definitely worked really, really, really hard for it. And everyone that remotely works semi hard will say they've worked really hard to have the thing. Right. But I feel like I have, and I'm not going to say like, I feel like I deserve it, but I definitely got to shout out the people that really helped me along the way that didn't see color. That didn't say like, Oh, this, that, or that, or didn't, didn't treat me any type of way. Or like, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to come over. Someone's doing a motor swap in their car. And then, like, I was like, oh, I'm going to come to your house, blah, 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 and I help them out. And they say, oh, um, wash your hands in the garage because they don't want me to go into their house or something. You know, just little blatant, not that blatant, but, like, subtle stuff like that are like, oh, yeah, my uncle's going to be over. And he's kind of, uh, you know, they do that long way. Like, like, oh, what, he likes cars like me? Weird. So I'm not trying to, you know, because there's definitely been people out there. And you, you get to know the genuine people that really rock with you in a way I, I don't have a better way of saying that they really are for you and they they see your dream and they can tell by the passion in your voice and inflection and like everyone knows that's why i always think everyone knows james at the racetrack like and that that's literally like so i've been lucky enough to throw james the keys in my car a few times right i've literally been like in places about my normal day chilling hanging out like i was in a bar in like downtown chicago and like this guy comes to me and was like, hey, you got the yellow Integra, don't you? I didn't have the Integra at the bar or anything like that. He goes, you got the yellow Integra, right? I'm like, 
yeah, I do. Like, what's up, man? Like, Les, a.k.a. Super King, you know? <laughs> I'm, ta- I'm feeling good talking my stuff. And he's like, yeah, you cut me off at Blackhawk. And then he went off. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, you cut me off. No point by or anything. I'm like, yeah, I run time attack. Like, it's open passing, whatever. But Blackhawk would have been like, I'm like, no. And anytime else, I'm like, no. I'm like, oh, that was James driving my car. Like, remember you, like, my car, uh, like, one, like, sideways? <laughs> So this dude was like legit mad at me and knew who I was, but thought, it, but it was hard to say like, oh, that's not me. That's James. I was driving on his car. He's like, oh, okay. And, you know, I had to like, you know, tell him like, oh, yeah, sorry, man. And he's like, oh, okay. And then we were good friends after that. But that's just one of those things. Well, what what's on your, your pre-prepared list that we need to address, Les? What's uh Well... Yeah. Well, I feel I feel like for uh, Seth, I really want to talk about the like. I know he says he has his daughter that does the motorcycle thing, and uh, the mini motorcycle thing. And I remember listening to previous episodes and hearing about the stuff, those things, and then like listening to her interview too, and being with the Round Three Racing team that I'm with, like getting to be around those females and seeing the things they go through, and like it, they go. Through, I mean, I shouldn't say the struggles, but I mean it's just like any other track day, right? Like. You go there, you spent a bunch of money, you're trying to go out, we're doing we're doing endurance racing. So it's like, you know, eight hour race or something like that. You have things coming up, and then you still have people that are like, eh, you know. Sometimes they're not super nice. And then sometimes getting to be the fly on the wall to see the guy that's talking real nice or sweet to someone just because they're female, like, right? That, that doesn't ever happen to me. So it's one of those things, but you get to see people treat you slightly different because of your skin color, or they say, oh, wow, you're really fast. And I'm like, thank you. I appreciate that. But you, you could tell they want to say something else after that. You're really fast for, uh, or you, you feel like, oh, all right, cool. But even then, like uh, I had one guy spit on the ground. That, I don't know if it was, this is one of those times, like, it's like, I don't know if it's blatant or not. I don't know. So we were at Coda and, um, we were walking through, we all had our mask on. I had my mask on because, you know, that was the rules at the track. You have your mask on. So I had my mask on and I'm crewing. And uh, I think I was carrying like fuel jugs back or something like that. This guy just like spits in front of me. And I'm like, <laughs> like being from the north, like that don't fly. Being from the hood, that don't fly. Being a, just a decent person, that don't fly. But I'm like, is this a Texas culture thing? Is this something... I sh- maybe he was dipping and it's okay to do that. I-, I don't think you should spit in public ever, but I didn't tell anyone about it. But then I felt to myself, like, am I afraid? Am I selling out right now? Am I selling out the reason? Am I selling out the, the voice of change? Should I be the one that's making this change right now? So other black people or minorities can come to the track. Like, like and not even saying just black people, like brown people too, Mexican. Like, I feel like if we really, I actually have this on my list. So long story short, um, I think it was uh, Sammy Davis Jr. He said, black people are the curators of cool. Like, if you think of something that's cool and mainstream, a black person has done it and made it cooler. It became more mainstream. So I think he said something about tap dancing or jazz music or rhythm, you know, rhythm and blues, guitar playing, like pretty much mostly anything that, you know, is kind of cool. A black person has done it first, like rap music or anything like that or basketball football any of the sports or major genres like that like i think made it better in a way i'm not saying no one else couldn't make it better but 
I feel like if it became more inclusive, there'd just be more money, right? If you have more people coming to the track, it costs less per person. That's why I tell people like, oh no, come to the track, come to the track. So I'm thinking in my head like, all right, they're going to reduce the cost. I might be able to get in five more laps for like $35. Like <laughs> I'm okay with that. So I try and tell people no matter what, like, yeah, yeah. So if we got more people coming to the track, that'd be cool, right? So if you got all these, let's just say the people that can afford it. So um, granted, most of the basketball players and football players, they can't fit in cars. So you're not going to fit inside a Miata, right? You're not going to fit inside an S2000. You're not going to fit inside those cars. I'm 5'10". You make money I, to I make I barely fit in a Miata if we're being totally honest about it. <laughs> right? <laughs> then, you know, you're not going to fit. So you need to have like maybe these rappers or someone else that, you know, has this Instagram or something like that that does these things to make it seem cool that because they can afford this stuff. They can afford that thousand dollar, you know, carbon fiber Hans that weighs one pound, right? If they start mass producing those prices go down, that means your boy with the Zamp helmet going to go ahead and slide on into that. Like, <laughs> and that's just one of, I think of the long term of that, but people don't want to do that. So if you think about the rappers, it's still like, Oh, invest in your community, invest in your community. Cool. Dope. But also invest in other things too. You find out where other people putting their money at. You find out where, all these other things are going at. So being on the WRL team and wanting to go to IMSA, it's just been an eye-opening experience. Like when I'm spending for like a race season, people are spending in a day. <laughs> you know? Man, or even day, more. Yeah. Right? It's spending in a day or like buying an RV to drive to an event. And like, not on like some, you know, like, oh, I'm way better than you guys. Or, oh, let's go, you know, I'm better than this. Just because that's just what they want to do. Because they have passion about it. Because they have, they have the means to do that. Not everyone can be a rap a rapper or a ball player or even a dope dealer or anything like that. It's just we got to get the word out there to people say like, oh, man, this is cool. And if we have more people doing that, like obviously grid life is a perfect event. I don't know, can't tell you how many people ask me about grid life. Like, hey, man, you be do a and I want to do like an, an impression. It's funny because I get like, a, you know, it's like, hey, man, hey, you, be, you be doing that grid life. Because, you know, I got grid life on my car. Hey, you be doing that. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. That's like drifting and stuff, right? I'm like, yes, there's drifting there, you know? <laughs> because whoever decided that uh, drifting should go out before time attack, I don't know. I'm going to say how. Uh, GLTC got plenty of it this year. Yeah. Like, oh. But it's good. He's like, yeah, man, come out. But then, like, oh, man, I couldn't get a ticket. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. He's like, I can get in with you. And I'm like, I can try, (laughs) you know? And it's sad in a way because you can't get other people to go that might just be slightly interested in going, oh, man. Yeah, okay, okay. And I think it was a professional awesome. I hate to bring up someone else's uh, podcast. No, not at all. Yes, right. So they they did their uh, thing last night of saying um, at the festivals, why are they allowing like uh, HPDs to do that? I think Dewey was saying that. And I don't agree with that because, you know, the general admission does pay for the festival. But what it comes down to is people that are at the festival. I can't tell you how many times people have, like, said to me, like, oh, man, you got the yellow attacker. I've seen your car, like, three years ago. Now I'm like, oh, cool. What are you doing out here? And I was like, oh, I bought this Civic. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's legit. Like, I help, you know, ruin someone else's life, per se. <laughs> <laughs> that means that that person, like, took those steps. They seen something I was doing or someone else was doing and said, oh man, I think I can do that. Whether it be a white male or a female or anyone, they just thought I inspired someone to do something other than just their normal thing. Right. And that's cool because it goes back into 
our racing community, right? So my friends have shops, your mm-hmm. friends have shops, they spend money, our friends grow and make more money. We, they spend, you know, they have a good time and we all just make money and race cars and have a good time, you know? And, but if we don't keep the cycle going, things are going to be more expensive and it's going to be the haves and the have nots. The guy that can afford that Porsche GC3 RS and take it out on a Monday, like, yeah, he's going to keep doing his thing and Gingerman's going to start catering to him. <laughs> we're right. not going to worry about Lester Epps and his ratty 2000 Integra, you yeah. know, or 2095 Integra. I mean, they're, they're like, oh, hey, you know, they're, they're already selling garage space and plots of land and stuff like that. Right. I mean, it's and because they know I'm not paying, I'm not paying for that. I'm not paying for camping either. And it's <laughs> right. And I mean, it's you know, easy. You know, it is what it is. It's, it's easy to raise money that way as a track and tracks are hard. But like, so do we just need like, black only events i mean i'm as an option like a legit option i don't, I don't think, think that exclusion would work. yeah see like like i don't think the exclusion is the answer to it. I, I guess it's it's not really exclusion but it is kind of exclusion you know but i don't think that's the answer um but i think more inclusiveness is the answer you know like I love what Out Motorsports is doing and like how Grid Life is partnered with Out Motorsports and with yeah. like Tom being one of the ambassadors for that to get more or um Diversion. man, I brain farted there. Diversion. But to be more inclusive yep. with with the LGBTQ the LGBTQ community, you know, like to show them that hey, come to these events, you can do these too. There are people like you there, and this this community will rally around you. We'll call you out for bad driving, but that's all we'll call you out for. Well, on being a bad person, but you know, yeah. those two seem to go hand in hand. But uh, <laughs> I mean, but otherwise, like, come in, come to this because we will show you the love and support that you're looking for in the community. You know, and I think there's, sh- I think something should be, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe me and Les just got to be the initiative on that one. We just got to slide through and make it happen. But like, I think showing more inclusive, like making it more inclusive is the answer. So instead of making like this, this only event, you know, more like bring more people in from other communities and other cultures and show them that we can be this big community together. And, and that's something that we had talked about previously is that I, I, like in my soul, I don't think that that job should be on you guys wholly because it's also an us problem us as in like the white community not doing a better job so what's like what are and you can even like give me a hierarchy if you want to but like what are ways that track communities and track organizations out there can be better at inclusion Unless you want it. Um, yeah, yeah. I will say that, you know, just honestly, a Facebook presence really like helps Facebook presence and like, um, you know, Instagram presence. Mm-hmm. I-, I can't tell you how many times people have said to me like, oh, hey, I seen your your video or something like I think my uh, my going off uh, Blackhawk has like a little less than a million hits now or something. So people are like, oh, you. You don't want that went screaming backwards into what it's like. Like these are just like random car people. 
So that's cool, but I only posted on one platform. But I think if they could somehow like jive with, you know, Facebook, Instagram, you can get these other gr- groups to come out and do other than just drag racing. Like for the black community, I mean, it's a lot about like drag racing mm-hmm. and like takeovers and stuff like that, which is cool. I grew up like in, I grew up in Akron, which is right by Summit Racing, so that was like our stuff. Every you know summer race, we go there. We look at those Mateki MR7s every weekend, like right after Fast Like that was our joy. That was our jam. We sit there like, man, just wait. I'm gonna do this. This is this. I had and like very similar to you, Scott. Like I had this thing. Like maybe we have to battle a lot one day. I would like pick a car and I would like mental. I wouldn't mentally. I would search online for the best car parts, right? And I would mentally build this car, like virtually build this car, right? Yes. Back when Nopi was a thing, right? And I would look in a, I, I wanted a Miata, so I wanted a flying, flying Miata turbo kit with the turbo dog, like rear rack on it. I, I, was, I wanted it, right? So I would like do those things. But, and then I'd tell people like, oh yeah, this is this. And they'd be like, oh, well, so you, you just don't, I think it was a hot car at that time. Like the SRT4 was out. It was like right around oh, there. So like the SRT4 was out, which was, that thing was a rocket ship, right? In a straight line. I still want but, one. But... Right, like I wanted one so bad. Like, why didn't they put power rear windows in those things? Like, what? What is that? What is that? <laughs> Come on, Dodge. But also, like I said, being a Dodge kid, like the hot thing on the t- on the track right now, or on the track on the street right now, is the Hellcats. Which cool. It's a very cool concept. But to some people in our community, they can't see past that. Right? It's all about the Hellcat, the Scat Pack, the three ninety two. I don't know if there's like a bunch of different between those. Trackhawk, blah blah. Decent cars. But I also remember you know, knowing that Dodge makes really crappy ball joints and sway bar end links like in transmissions. Like they're not great cars. Like they've been bankrupt multiple times. People are like, oh less you just don't like American muscle. I'm like, no, I just like cars that were built well. Like my ninety cars that my nineties Honda still works good. I like I like not but, spending money to fix things all the time. Yeah, like and that's it's so I think uh, just coming out like on Facebook and Instagram and just kinda like opening people's eyes to things. And I like also like to piggyback about James. I like what out motorsports is doing, but with that comes another thing. So once you start including more people, other people that might already be in this thing might not like those people. Right. Mm -hmm. And the people that might be thinking of jumping over to doing this thing really might not like those people or not, maybe don't want to be associated with those people. Right. So it's one of those things of like, oh, I would go to that event, but there's a bunch of people there that have alternative lifestyles or something like that. Or like, oh, I don't, or they might have their own preconceived notions, like much like racism, right? Or about being black, like about how certain people act. Like, oh, well, you know, it's a party and then, you know, guys are going to be around with all their shirts. I like, so I've actually already heard this and I'm like, what? Like, do, like people, like somebody asked me, after uh, the last uh, Grid Life Festival, like, oh, well, how was uh, the festival? I was like, it's great. I drove the Celica. They're like, yeah, but how was the party? I'm like, oh, yeah, Big Boy performed. It was just legit. Like, they're like, oh, I mean, but, you know, like the, the, the techno music and stuff before that, I'm like, well, it was not really techno, but whatever, I get you. It was like, yeah, it was a bunch of dudes dancing around and stuff. I'm like, yeah, it was a lot of dudes dancing around, but there was girls there, too. It was like, yeah, but it, I don't know if they just thought it was like an orgy or something like that, like a car orgy. <laughs> Right, but wow. I had to like clear that up, like, and that's I don't know why people feel comfortable to tell me these things, <laughs> but they do. 
<laughs> this person's probably going to see that and be like, wow, that's really, I'm like, I don't know, man, you don't want to say it. But people have these notions about certain things that happen and it doesn't, right? And that doesn't necessarily make you a good person or a bad person, but it takes learning and just being, you know, opening your mind. But some people might not cross that line if they don't think that they're good enough, right? Oh, I don't got such and such, so I'm not going to participate. I don't have that turbo, so I'm not going to do that. Like, I want to go to the track, but I don't have, I don't, you know, I have just a stock Miata or I just have like, you know, oh, I got an Integra, but I need to get, need to get this or I need to get that. I'm like, absolutely. You need tires and brakes and just show up tires, brakes and brake fluid. Now, and I will go on record and publicly say, if you tell me you want to do your first track day, I will pay. I will pay for your brake fluid. I will send you brake fluid. Like that is on me. Will Wood, call me, please. Will Wood, call me. <laughs> Two hundred and fifty thousand messages right now. Like, yo, I heard, uh, heard you was offering brake fluid. Um, right, and I just want uh, people as, to come out. He's about as, to get uh, that fifty-five I, gallon I think, drum. Yeah, man. I think that, uh, like, what Lester's saying too about like the education and like the the the, the presence, like, like maybe even assigning, like, getting reaching out to ambassadors of some sort to like spread the visibility and i mean i'll agree with them too with like i could argue this all day against people who are like why do they still allow hpd at festival and it's like because it shows other people that yes you too can come to the track and do this how many other places where it's like like so many i, I know that a ton like lots of time attacking competition drivers like oh but it cuts into our time and stuff like that and it's like yeah but you're not the ones paying for this event to happen you know like you're not the ones that fund this season to happen yeah time. it's the spectators it's the the people that buy hbde regularly that come out that make sure like that these events happen and it's like i mean i've i've said it many 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 times to many many people when they're like oh i don't even know why they still allow hbda at festivals and it's like the visibility because the visibility is what matters like yeah you, you, want, you want time attack drivers just coming out like never being on the track like no one's born a time attack driver right like, yeah, you know how I many yeah, times like people come out and they're like, "Oh, I'm doing time attack like a uh, street mod. That's where my car is, and uh, it's my first time on track." And I'm like, "Absolutely!" Like back when I was instructor for grid life, like absolutely not. Like you should not do this. Like you, you are in over your head. You're about to die. Like at Road Atlanta, like, right. are, like this is not going like, to happen. That is it. This is this is a disaster waiting to happen, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, but I mean, it's that visibility that matters. Like. You go to a festival, say you come to a festival because you're like, yo, I heard this motorsports festival is happening. I like cars. It's got music. It's got drifting. There's people going to be racing. It's going to be so cool. And then you see that, oh, hey, there's a whole group of people who are just on track driving to drive, not competing, but they're on track because they want to either get better, do like they want to get better. They want to get in the competition or they just like driving. They like driving on track. And it's like, holy crap, I can do that too, you know? And you go walk the paddock, then you talk to all these, like, you talk to, like, I mean, grid life, like, grid life drivers seem to be pretty good about, like, just being open and, like, friendly and stuff, but, like, can you imagine if you went, if, like, festival was only competition and only, like, famous drifters and drivers, right? You walk the paddock and you'd be like, oh, oh, I can't talk to any of these people here, right? Yeah. Like, if you, if you go with no ties, you're just like, oh, Oh my God! Everybody's so cool. They all—they all race. All of them. That's all they do. <laughs> I can't like me personally. I can't do that. I don't. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Right. But you're like you go right. to these events and you're like, wow, man. 
you're civic. It's super cool. Yeah, thanks, dude. I just started doing this last week. What? I've never done this before. It's like, you know, it's like that. It's that visibility that matters. That inclusiveness is what is what matters. So I will go on record saying competition drivers, you can fight me if you want to get rid of HPDE at festivals. Because damn it, I like giving ride alongs and I like ruining lives. Yeah. Like uh, this last festival where they did the ride along with the drift. Yo, boy, yo, the, the, I could talk about that moment, those moments forever to line up with like six fits and just start funneling people in. So like when people are looking at us, like, like fit, fit. and then like every time we pull into the pits, people will hop out with smiles and like more people like, wait, fit, fit. Like, yeah. Like, like four people on a Honda fit is the slowest vehicle you've ever been in, in your life. And I can't tell you how hard we were all giggling and laughing. When we were being naughty, naughty boys and bump drafting each other on the back straight, it was the <laughs> best with four passengers deep in each car. Like I'm talking like the people that hopped out smiling for days. Like I can't tell you how many people have messaged me and been like, dude, I'm just going to buy a fit and I'm just going to track it. That's all. That's it. Like I'm not going to like yeah. twos with like complicated build. Like, I mean, think about like the Sunday cup group that's growing already. You have so many dudes in there that have like complicated time attack cars and gltc cars that are like yo i want to buy a fit because i just want to track and have fun and then you think about all those other people that want to do this and want to figure out how like how can i do this affordably because like i want to do this and you point them out to like hey buy a crap box car like let's just say throw some tires and some brakes on and some brake fluid on it and just come out and message like i will i will fluid. personally teach you we will have a good time yeah hit up lester for the fluid you know <laughs> i will I, we will have a good time and uh, even speaking more about like the outreach and like the inclusive, like being inclusive, like one of the things that I've been afforded working with Grid Life and like working closely with with uh, Adam is like if I want to bring people in, he'll you know he'll pull strings to like get them tickets to come check it out. So I've brought a bunch of people who have never been to like motorsports events to events before that have been like kind of interested in it, and they're like, oh, I kind of want to see what it's about, but I can't afford a ticket or I couldn't get a ticket. And I'm just like, yo, leave it to me. I got this, you know. I'll hit up Adam and he'll shoot a ticket over and I'm like, just come meet me at the gate. I'll make sure Adam has a ticket for it. We'll come in and like, I'll show like personally take them around. Like I'll show you exactly what the small, like what happens at grid life and to like bring people who in other ways, like otherwise wouldn't be able to come see what track days are like, or what like a grid life festival or like any of these events are like, and to be able to like take them places and show them that and to show them that life. I mean, I don't know, man. There's not much better than that. Right. And it's, it's, uh, so it's so powerful, right? James, we get to see their eyes light up and stuff like that. Yeah. So like, like, like my, think about man. the grid life paddock and then like me walking through the IMSA paddock, right. And seeing like stackers and toters and stuff like that. And I'm going, uh, air jacks and this, and it's just insane to like, cause there's like a whole nother level to it. Right. Right. And then after that, there's a whole nother level but this yeah, is and I mean, less reps, even you know more. not even knowing like you don't even know like you you don't know what you don't know right but you don't right. know that you should know like you you're never taught that you should know better that you should know more you always thought they're like oh well this person's talking about that thing and that and cool all right cool that's what i got all right i'm popping bottles i'm doing this right and cool like and all those things are cool don't get me wrong <laughs> like but it's hey, you just don't know and then like when someone kind of shows you they're like oh my God, that was amazing. You know, like, like I said, going into the Honda world, it's like, 
you know, going around like the five, six carat, like the, uh, like five, four, five, six, like left foot breaking the back ends is like dancing all over, just like real nice and slidey, you know? And you're like, yeah, it's not the fastest way. I mean, Scott may or may not have passed me, but whatever, whatever. It's okay. <laughs> I just want to say like that was a super proud moment like of because you were dude you you're fast like you're fast and that's like holy shit and it's it's just cool you know and then you have people in the car and they're like oh man this is great you know and then uh, you tell them I always tell people like they're like oh so what do you do for work I'm like oh I'm a part-time machinist and they're like, oh, it's like CNC stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, so what are you full time? Or like, I'm a full time race car driver. I'm like, oh, so you get paid to this? I'm like, absolutely not. But this is where my mindset is. This is what I'm. Right. This is what I'm going to do. I'm just doing whatever that stuff is to afford to be able to do this. Sometimes, right? Like, it doesn't matter if I'm, you know, I'm the fuel guy, or if I'm the pit boss, or machinist, or if I'm sweeping the floor, or if I'm doing like any of those things. And, and it's just not. I should say it's not glamorized because you have to do such you have to sometimes you have to do such remedial stuff just in the way for people to get to know you to let you for people to say like oh wow this dude's really a hard worker and he can handle more oh this person can actually do these things so like once you have those ties and those bonds like james i'm sure you could attest to this like grid life has taken you some amazing places and me too obviously too right like gone places and like your current job like slaying there i'm sure that has something to do with grid life right (laughs) <laughs> so I mean it wasn't because you built that Del Sol. I'm just telling you that I love you, bro. It's not because you built that Del Sol. Nobody nobody was gonna hire you from that. Man, I love you. Bro. They're right, you know? <laughs> I mean that's right. That's what it comes it comes along with it. Like so just like as you learn, you grow more, you get to like just being in the right in the room at the right time with someone that's gonna give you a shot, it's cool. So I don't wanna make this seem like this podcast is gonna be like, oh well. You know, all these white people are mean to James and Lester. We need to go out and be nice to these guys or something, right? Or I don't want, you don't have to send me, you know, to make me a cake or send me a pie or nothing. I do love those things. But it's one of those things, like, just be a better person overall. And kind of like lamenting back to a previous podcast, what Scott said, you know, just like New Year's resolutions, like, you don't got to wait. <laughs> you ain't, ain't got to wait. Up. You ain't got to wait to, you know, do such and such or whatever else. Like, you can just be a cool person day to day and go like, Hey, I'm a, all right. I might've said something kind of messed up or I might've did this. or I might've looked at this person a certain way or give, give a person a shot to do something. If they kind of, you know, they mess you over or something. You're never going to feel bad about going to the gym. Like after you've gone to the gym, <laughs> like you're like, well, I tried to do my best as a good person. Right. And that is what it is, but I've been happy and really lucky that people have given me the shot to like go along. Like I started the shop, you know, sweeping floors, then I was the dino guy. Then I was up to doing, you know, tech stuff. And I was making $250 a week. Like, imagine making $250 a week days, living on your days. own in the Chicagoland area. You own a Supra, so that's kind of cool, right? But that's when Supras were still cheap. It's an MK3 Supra. But but you can't afford to go out and do stuff to it, right? I remember having to save up to buy my uh, my turbo timer harness. Like, the harness to plug in my turbo yeah. timer. I had to save up to buy that, like. And people were like, why are you doing this? What, what, what do you do unless you're eating all these hot dogs, bro? Like, I'm like, yeah, bro, this is this is my life, you know? And I really thought, like, it, it is my life. And now I'm working on, you know, the roundly racing cars. And, like, they got, a, they got two M4 Beamers with air jacks and nitrogen. And I'm the pit boss. And I run – I shouldn't say I run that. But, like, I control what happens in the pits. I control, like, you know, 
the fuel stops. I'm the fuel guy. I got to make sure everything's fueled properly. We won a championship last year. So it's, you know, it's just one of those things that like, no matter what I'm doing or what, no matter, I want to give this message out, no matter what you're doing, try to be the best at what you're doing. doesn't matter what mm-hmm. it is. Like I'm, when I'm the fuel guy, I try and be the best fuel guy. I learned how to run backwards so I could carry fuel jugs to the car without having to stop and turn around because I'm that competitive. Like Ross Bentley was saying, you know, I'm that competitive. I want to win. I want, I don't care what it is. I want to be the best fuel guy out there. All right, well, I'm going to be the reserve driver. Well, you know what? I'm going to study the track and learn it, blah, blah, just in case I might have to get in the car. Oh, I didn't have to get in the car all year. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Oh, I get to go out and test one of the cars, blah, blah. Oh, guess who? Guess who's right on pace with the, with the paid, the paying drivers? It's your guy, Les, right there. Just, you always have to be ready to take your shot. And that's the message I want to give to like other minorities out there is like, yeah, it's going to be hard, but it's hard for everyone. Just you just got to try and be better. If you want to be better than me, good, good, it's just going to be good enough. Get, you want to be mediocre, that's cool. But if you want to have some great stuff, have some stuff named after you, have people to remember you, you got to try really hard. And there's going to be people that shit on you. <laughs> Excuse my French, but there's going to be people that shit on you and you're going to feel bad about it. But then you got to take that and just go hard and like try and be better. Figure out if their claims are legit because there's been times where I, I have sucked at driving. Like, oh my God, like I was bad. Like, oh man, I, wow, I just completely missed that gear, huh? Okay, cool. I don't know how to do this thing. So then you have to take that, internalize it, and then like, all right, well, I need to get better at this track or like NCM. Like, I don't like that track. Not my favorite track. I've been there like three times and I was like, eh, don't care if I go again or not. But Road Atlanta, like, Favorite track. I will slay that track. In fact, if you guys want to tune into my live stream into this week, plug, 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 or actually we'll probably come out later after <laughs> <Yeah>. this, but <laughs> it'll be good. But make sure you tune into my live stream. I'll have like live stream in the car going, but you just have to really try really hard. And I'm thankful. Like, I can't say it enough. I'm thankful for everyone out there that saw my hard work, my tenacity and like whatever it is that I have in me and gave me a chance to do things. And I'm happy I didn't prove anyone wrong. And I'm, happy that i have james out here honestly so sometimes it'd be like the world kind of weighs on you a little bit after you like suck after you after you suck a little bit and you're like man i that was not a good laugh and i i'm bad and i should feel bad <laughs> you know and then like james comes over and just tells you like hey man you know you good blah blah blah, blah. i think we were at a uh, west virginia or summit point west virginia's quick story about that like and at that time i currently didn't have a job i was unemployed and like I was still, I was like, because no, no matter what, I'm gonna do my race season. I don't care what happens in the outside world. I just won a 2018 series. I I gotta try and go for 19, man. I gotta try and win this, like back to back, boy. Like had a hoodie made and everything, you know. <laughs> like I'm gonna do this, and went to Summit Point, and it uh, I think my was what happened? My wheel bearing like sheared off because yeah, like I said, like your hub or something came apart. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot buy everything at AutoZone. And that was just one of those things. I'm like, Adam, this happened. What the heck, man? He's like, oh, well, you didn't buy the car step hubs? And I'm like, what? Like, no. And he's like, oh, yeah. How does stuff you get buy car step hubs, man? They're building the forge on law. But it just comes down to, like, even though I'm at that point, I was, what, 15 years into the racer, into the HPD time attack game or whatever, I, I, I still didn't know these things, right? And it was just take someone just to say, hey, yeah, do this. Yeah, all you had to do is spend 150 bucks, and that would have never happened to you. Instead, I like almost killed myself on the track, <laughs> whatever, going for like that. And I was like, man, I felt really bad. And I didn't know how I was going to get back to Illinois. And I'm like, 
all right, well, I got AAA. That can give me 200 miles. My mom lives in Ohio, so I'm trying to, like, trigonometry it out. Like, if I just do that, sleep in the car, have them told me another 200, like, maybe that could work out. Um, and thanks to people at the track, um, definitely got to shout out, you know, everyone at the track, just like the community comes together. It's like, Oh man, you all good. You know, I seen your wheel come off. Like that was pretty crazy. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Right. And then people come together and help you out. And more often than not, like we said, you know, it's white males at the track that help you out. And that's cool. And it's, and that's not on some racist stuff. That's not the time for me to go, Oh, well, you didn't want to help me out when I was in that driver's meeting. You know, you can't be, you know, you can't take something out on someone else that, you know, might've said something to you that was kind of wrong or jazzy or something. Because, you know, I think it was Martin Luther King. I'm going to quote everybody I know in my head. <laughs> you know, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can. So you just got to be positive when that comes along. And I got to shout out James because he he's always, like, positive and bright. Like, even when his car isn't there, it's not running good or whatever, something like that. Or I know he, I know he only got, like, two hours of sleep because he had to drive in and drive an RV and <laughs> come and set up the pit lane and do whatever else. And then look at a bunch of cars that barely got, you know, barely got their wheels holding on and go, can you just change it a little bit? Like, and I'm sitting over there like, oh man, sometimes, like you said, Scott, like you don't feel like smiling. Sometimes you don't feel like being positive. Sometimes you want to just be in your moment and going like, man, I sucked. All right. I need to sit in my car and just suck that up for a second. Or maybe I'm not having a great day or maybe I messed something up on this, this wheel or like, and it's all my fault. But you got to, being a black male, you can't look like you're mad. You can't see that. You can't show that because you, you, then you become that black male. You can't see that you're having a bad day. Maybe you just stubbed your toe. You don't want to do that. Like, and then somebody might say something or whatever else, or, or you might be going in a turn three at Gingerman and like, it's the fall time. So there's no leaves on the tree and you see a Confederate flag and you get a little triggered. Look for it next time. I said what I said. I'm just saying. Just, <laughs> you might get a little triggered, you know. But I mean, yeah, I, I'm I, not to not to continue dragging this podcast along. But I mean, I guess that's another thing <laughs> that people don't really think about. Like, we travel so much for racetracks. Like, we travel so much, but uh, nobody nobody really talks about how racetracks are usually in rural parts of America. Racetracks mm-hmm. aren't always near cities. Yeah, they're in cornfields. And being in being in rural America as a black dude is sometimes tricky. Yeah, um, one, one like go, like try like driving to Mid Ohio, like mi- Mid Ohio, middle of the night, some gas station. I'm like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to stop there. Well, we went to Summit <laughs> Point, and we was in we were in like West Virginia in the mountains of West Virginia, and uh, some of those gas stations we stopped at, and I'm like, mm, might have to stay in the car for this one, or going to Colorado and driving mm-hmm. through like Arkansas, Ohio, Nebraska, or Ohio, Iowa, Nebraska, and stuff like that. I mean. Thankfully, nothing's ever happened, but some of those gas stations you hit and you're just like, mm-hmm, or right. going down south for like like Atlanta, going to roll, man, going to roll Atlanta. And when the cops decided that, Ooh. man, we hate when the cops decided they hate fun and they shut down the track. Let me tell you, oh, my I, God. Uh, I, I have been in many weird situations with police before, but uh to be at a racetrack or I'm in my zone and chilling and all of a sudden Georgia state police are there in full force. Not yeah. the most comfortable feeling in the world. Cause you know, you know, it's not going to turn out well for you. 
<laughs> like you're not gonna yeah, either no. you're not gonna get out Monday or you're gonna come out with some scars. Well just and it like, just sounds like that extra level of awareness that again, like that tr- you're not in Kansas anymore in like a real bad, creepy way. <laughs> that this like, is, I mean, that I, this place is I've not for with, you. Um, yeah, like I've talked with Holly about this a lot too, because she's ex- I mean, as a as a woman who does like race events all over the country too, she's also experienced like being out at night and people are like, Oh, let's go walk the city. And she's like, nah, I can't really do that. Mm-hmm. Like go walk by myself. Mm, not a thing that I can do. You know, yeah. it's like, Oh, let's go, let's go to this bar and to this place and nowhere in nowhere, Ohio or nowhere, West Virginia. And I'm like, oh, I'm not too sure about that one. Chief. I might just stay back at the, uh, at the track, you know, like it's just yeah. one of those things that you don't really <laughs> think about, but like, it's one of those things that we like is always there where it's like, Oh, uh, where are we? Hmm. Right. Yeah. Can, like, really can I go like, everywhere? <laughs> right. It's like, do right. And it, it's sad because you have to think about, do I have not get my, not, not get beat up money. <laughs> like, do I, do I have enough money to be like, all right, no matter what happens in the situation, like I can buy my way out of the situation. Do like, if I get arrested, can I be like, Oh, Hey, listen, officer, I have like 20 racks. Shh. You know, like, like that's, that's possible for some people. I've seen it happen. Right. But as for me, it's like an extra aggression. Oh, what do you got that kind of money on you? Well, actually I'm also, I'm going to the racetrack and you should probably always keep some sort of money on you just in case you need parts or blah, blah, blah. Okay. Some type of dope dealer or something. No, I'm going to the racetrack in 95 and Integra. And it doesn't even have like that time. I didn't even have VTech. I was like, I even got the Bob moment. And he's like, what? I'm like, oh, never mind. <laughs> like, you just don't know about that. <laughs> but it's just, uh, I don't know. And then the other aspect of it is, is sometimes, how do I say this? After the track, people that you thought you may have been like perfectly good with and perfectly fine with, sometimes those people don't always have the best heart, right? So they might have like not ill intentions, but they just don't have the best heart, not the best people to be around, right? outside of the track. Sometimes they get alcohol in them or some other substance and they might want to tell you how they feel about you or other people that look like you or they tell you the current state of the world and affairs. Right. You know, or they, they tell you, Oh, like, I think the, was it? I'm sure you get all the time. James too is like, Oh, well you're not really black. And I'm like, man, Yeah. Savannah. Oh, not really. Huh? Okay. Wasn't it? Wasn't it Savannah who just posted something like that recently? Yeah. Yeah. Or like, oh, you you talk white or something like that, and it's like yeah. I, I get that all. You know, it's like, oh, well, you doing race cars? So that's white people stuff. Oh, okay. Like really, T ribs? No, no, you never heard. Of? Okay, cool. That's that. That's cool. You know, Wendell Scott? No, no, he NASCAR champion? No, okay. Ain't heard of him either. Cool, but these people don't get exposure. I mean, there's like you know YouTube series or um, YouTube and like Netflix series about these people now. Yep. But it's um, you know shitty, you know. <laughs> it is. Well, thank you both for coming on. We uh we just got, we got a message about ten minutes ago from our our third guest and might have been he uh he works the night shift so. Uh, the fact that he slept in a little bit is probably uh, just as well for him. But um, thank you both. Is there what are links where where can people find you both? 
James? I was being nice. I was going to let Lester go first. But, nah, uh, nah, nah. Y'all close it uh, up, baby. Y'all know. close it up. <laughs> okay, you know, I mean, uh, everybody can follow me on Instagram as always. It's, uh, it's uh, I, I believe, the best Instagram handle ever. Um, it is at Captain Backslap. At Captain underscore Backslap uh, is my Instagram. I post about all types of shenanigans, like the vehicles that I work on or the tracks that we visit or the fact that I play video games sometimes way too much. Yep. But, uh, I mean, if you want to keep up with me there, I mean, or you can message me at any time. I mean, I talk about, I talk to anybody about anything, so I don't really shy away from conversations. So there you go. Oh, and if you like race cars and if you want to get into your very first race car experience for any reason, please hit me up. I will link you with whoever I can link you with to get you at a track or on track the first time. I will personally instruct you. I will give you your first ride. I don't care. I just love bringing people to the track and giving them that first taste of the drug that is racing cars because i make dumb financial decisions and if i can make you make dumb financial decisions that makes me happy and to reciprocate that james as soon as your daughter uh tells you hey dad i would like to uh ride motorcycles give me a call i'll get my daughter out there and i'll ruin your life with motorcycles <laughs> about nice, you Les. Nice. Um, you guys can find me at SuperKing7M on Instagram, Lester Epps on Facebook, um, SuperKing7MB on YouTube. Like I said, the video of uh, me and Road Atlanta this weekend should be streaming, doing a champ car race, the 14-hour of Atlanta. Kind of hoping for a little snow, so be good. I'll be in the John Allen special uh, Mini Cooper team. Be really cool. Nice little – be a good time. We'll be, we'll be in B-Class. We won it last year. So it'll be nice and smooth. Um, also, you guys can reach out to me at any time. I'll talk to anyone about anything. I'll probably toss you the keys of the Integra. Um, there are rules with the Integra. Don't ever, ever, ever go like 90%. You always go 100% in that car. Like, Because I don't want someone to think that I gave them a pass or they passed me. Like, no, you work for that. You make that person work for it all times. But yeah, I instruct all the time. GPS track time with uh, laps, with... Uh, MVP with grid life. Um, if you need somebody for your champ car team, AER team, WRL team, I also do that. I don't do data. So I, I feel like everyone does data, right? I don't do data. I know a guy that does data, but I don't do data. Um, if you need someone just for your crew, I am also that guy too. I'll show up. So in short, have helmet, we'll travel. I will do whatever you need me to do. Pay me $5 of a ham sandwich, I'll show up. <laughs> And we are at Trackwalking Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Trackwalking Chats is the Facebook group. Uh, thank you both again for taking the time out to talk with us. And for the four of us here, I'm Scott. I'm Seth. I'm James. And I'm Les Epps. Have a good week and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>